Well, hey, everybody. Good to see you. Hope y'all are doing well. Um, I am delighted to have two people come on stage and join me that's going to present to you some powerful ministry that's taking place on the other side of the pond. So I want to invite Max Wood to come up and Helena Scott. He's going to introduce Helena. Max is one of our very own. He's doing great work in Washington, D.C. I was with them Thursday, Friday, and Saturday at the, the board meeting. He's the chairman of Freemie. He'll tell you a little bit about that organization. But Max, welcome. Come on up. Thank you. Hello. Is this working? Good morning, Martha Bowman. It's good to be here. I, I work out of town now, so I don't get to come to church as much as I used to. So it's always a, just a pleasure to be here in my home church. Um, whatever you're doing Tuesday evening at 830, you need to cancel it. Because Tuesday evening at 830, this lady is going to be on television on WGNM-TV in Macon, Christian Television Network, and going to be interviewed. So put that on your calendar. She's, she's being interviewed by my wife uh, so uh, uh, for WGNM. So put that on your calendar. My name is Max Wood, and I'm doubly blessed. I'm doubly blessed because I'm a member of this church and have been for 25 years. I'm also blessed because I am the... Uh, chairman of an organization, just became uh, the chairman of an organization that helps Christian refugees in Iraq and other places in the Middle East. The organization is called the American Foundation for Relief and Reconciliation in the Middle East. Uh, the English version of this uh, charity was started 15 years ago, and Martha Bowman has continually been hospitable to some of our English friends coming and speaking here over the years, and you all have uh, continually been generous financially to, uh, to that mission, um, and uh, we're here to celebrate that mission today as part of the mission celebration, part of uh, the sermon series. Um, so thank you for your generosity, and uh, you're going to get some of the results of that generosity when, when Helena speaks. Um, Mark uh, and Fran have taken that generosity to a whole new level. Uh, Mark uh, traveled to Jordan in October. Helena's going to tell you a little more about that. Uh, and Mark has uh, invited Helena to speak here today. Uh, but this is an organization that, you know, six years ago, uh, ISIS was on a rampage in Iraq, in western Iraq, northern Iraq, and, and parts of Syria. And they were literally just killing anyone that didn't agree with their philosophy of religion and they were particularly targeting Christians and over a quarter million Iraqi Christians let me say that again over a quarter million Iraqi Christians that's more people than live in all of middle Georgia in the Macon Warner Robins area imagine the whole area having to literally flee for their lives in the middle of the night on short notice that's what happened over there and we had news coverage of it here for about 48 hours. It was a big deal for about 48 hours. Well, they're still dealing with it six years later. They're still separated from family. They still don't have jobs, many of them. They're still living as refugees in Jordan or other countries. They're still living as internally displaced people, which is a term meaning a refugee in your own country. You're in a different part of your country and can't go back to your home, home area. And we have been working with those folks for six years with the support of Christians in UK and the United States. And this church has consistently been one of the more generous churches, so thank you. 
Helena Scott is who we're really here to hear from. And Helena Scott is from Plymouth, New Hampshire. Um, she is the daughter of two attorneys. Uh, her father has been a friend of mine for 15 years. Uh, he served in Iraq uh, as a Marine Corps reservist. Uh, in addition to being a successful attorney, he rose to the rank of colonel in the Marine Corps Reserves. And I met him because he was the force behind forming our American charity. So what a wonderful uh, circle of, of love we're seeing here that, that the daughter of the man that put this charity together 10 years ago is now working for this charity in the Middle East. She's a graduate of, uh, she went to school in London, London, England, not London, London Kentucky. Uh, I went to college in LaGrange. There's some kind of difference there, I think. Uh, she studied the Middle East and uh, uh, Asian cultures. She's fluent in Farsi and Arabic. And I told her if she felt more comfortable giving this speech in Arabic, she could do so. Um, but it's a pleasure to introduce her to, to you, uh, Helena Scott, from uh, the American Foundation for Relief and Reconciliation in the Middle East. Helena. Um, thank you, Max, and thank you, Pastor Mark, um, and your whole church. I, I am a little nervous speaking in front of people, but I've heard you're the fun crowd, so um, <laughs> that should help. Um, but truly, it's been um, a blessing to, to have the support of your church and Pastor Mark personally um, to our organization. Um, it makes such a difference, and his past visit last October um, was very, very special. He witnessed the opening of the Olive Tree Center, which is um, a community center we have for the Iraqi refugees. Um, the Iraqi Christian refugees living in Jordan, um, they truly have no outside support. They rely on the churches and fellow Christians. Um, without that, they would be unable to survive, um, which is, it's, it's crazy because the other refugees receive mainstream government support, but um, the support of the church ministry is just so important to these Christians. Um, and I'd just like to talk a little bit about what we're doing to help support these refugees living in Jordan. Um, we have different projects at the Olive Tree Center. We focus on trauma counseling, English language classes. Um, we created a garden of hope that was um, made by the refugees for the refugees. And it serves as a community garden that, you know, they don't have access to fresh vegetables. They have very limited funding to be able to buy um, them. And that garden is at the Olive Tree Center. So it's so special that they can contribute to their other refugees um, by gardening, harvesting those crops, and then supplying it to other refugees. Um, so when Pastor Mark came out, it, it was really special because he was able to pray with these families directly in their homes. Um, and that made such an impact. So one of the main messages that I wanted to convey to you is that your prayers and support are felt and do make a deep difference. Um, for them to know that there are fellow Christians praying for them and that they aren't forgotten um, throughout everything that they've gone through, that makes 
such a difference to them in their faith and in their um, in feeling hope that they're loved and cared for by other Christians. Um, so we really try and help empower them by um, offering projects that give them hope for the future. Um, but what's been remarkable is that they've never lost their faith throughout this all. Um, during COVID, it was a very difficult time the, for everyone worldwide. But in Jordan, um, we witnessed one of the strictest government lockdowns. Um, within, with no notice, basically, the king shut down the streets, um, told everyone they couldn't go outside. There were police on the streets with guns. Um, it was very challenging, and for the first time in my life, I felt a little with, <laughs> without hope. They shut down the airports. I, um, I didn't know when I'd be able to return to the U.S. if I wanted to, but what was so encouraging during that time was the power of prayer. And these refugees prayed for me, and they, they were struggling in a much worse condition. Um, you know, refugees aren't able to stock up on food if the government imposes a lockdown. They live day to day. They don't have the money to um, prepare themselves if they're not allowed to go to the shops. Um, but they were so resilient throughout this all, and it's just continued to impact my faith and, um, and grow and develop. Um, so I just, it's been amazing for me to witness this. Um, there's this group that was created during that difficult time called the Hope Group, and it's, um, it was created by, um, yeah, like it ranged from teenagers to young, um, young Iraqi women in their like mid-twenties. And they all prayed together, encouraged each other, um, and shared stories for the first time they shared their stories um, of their trauma. And, and are praying to heal from that. So um, some of the stories include, um, so it's, it's very hard to talk about sometimes, but some of these young women um, witnessed their family members killed in front of them. Um, they also witnessed, um, you know, the body of their father being, um, left on the street because he was a Christian and ISIS put a sign around his um, neck threatening anyone who uh, buried him. So they're, they're just the extent of the trauma that they've been through. Um, and then in the camps as well, they've um, been exposed to all kinds of influences um, as young women. And really, um, just the fact that they have their faith and that's what gets them through it and they pray no matter what um, has, has strengthened me personally, um, but also it strengthens the community. Their place where they feel love and compassion is in the churches. And we work through four different um, church partnerships that are extremely varied. Um, the Nazarene Church, a Syrian Orthodox Church, a Greek Catholic Church, and a full gospel church led by um, a Korean pastor who's committed his life and his family's life to serving in Jordan and helping Iraqis. Um, so we've truly been blessed to work with those partnerships um, and just transcend any denominational divides and just worship together. So um, I just wanted to thank you for your support and 
Um, it means so much to us and really makes a difference. So thank you. Leave the stage. Let's uh, hang out a little bit longer. How about that? You okay with that? All One right. thing I learned in Jordan when he came to visit was I love hanging out with Pastor Mark. <laughs> you, gotta, you need to keep yours. I got mine. Oh, here. oops. Okay. All right. Um, it was a great experience uh, to see firsthand what God is doing to care for his children. Um, and what impressed me so much was uh, the different, like she said, there's four different churches that they're working with, and they're different denominations. And Helena is, you're kind of the, the linchpin, as I watched and noticed, because she works with each one of the churches, and the churches relate to her. And because of her character, because of her joy, because of her faithfulness, um, they have embraced Freemi, this organization that wants to help. Uh, and you were instrumental in keeping these denominations together, doing what God wants us to do instead of bickering and fighting about differences. Uh, they, these folks are working together, and you're a big part of that because you, you, through Jesus and the Holy Spirit, connect on. So it's really cool. Um, you brought some pictures, so I want to show our folks some of these pictures. So, Joseph, you'll put one of those pictures up. We'll kind of talk about in a few minutes. Okay. Uh, well, let me, let me tell about one of the refugees I met. Um, like she said, we were able to go into their homes and uh, hear their story and meet them and pray with them and celebrate the fact that, that God does provide. Um, and so one of the gentlemen, uh, we just had such a great time together. He took this off his wall and gave it to me. It's a picture of Jesus with the shepherd's hook and, and then a sheep in his arms. And he painted this. Another one of the men uh, that have been displaced that are as refugee actually carves this out of wood, but they, he does it by hand without any kind of uh, stencil or any kind of, uh, it's freehand, and it's absolutely gorgeous. And I was blown away that, because I was looking at it, and I was going, guys, that really is nice. And he just didn't, he just gave it to me. And I was like, blown away. And so this, if you come to my office, you'll see it right when you walk in. It's in a very prominent place. But just their generosity in the sense that they had to leave with nothing in the middle of the night and flee. And God is just, you know, through the people of God throughout the world just in providing. But uh, I wanted you to share, if you don't mind, just, uh, and just let us know when you get those pictures up. They're ready? Um, just, uh, oh yeah. So this is uh, the Olive Tree Center. And this is young man here on the left is, is reading a poem. You might want to tell more about it. I, I remember vaguely, but you remember more specific. But, but just that night of celebration was, was massive. Um, but any, anything on that picture you want? Um, yeah, so what we did for the opening of the center, so keep in mind they've never had anything like this. The fact that this center is for Iraqi Christians, um, they were, it was just a night filled with joy because they're usually stuck in their tiny living accommodations, um, not allowed to go to school, not allowed to, you know, practice music or do anything um, uplifting. So this was so special for the opening. You'll see the Iraqi women are dressed in their traditional um, clothing. So it's, it's hand-stitched and embroidered, um, and they actually sing songs, their traditional songs, and, um, and the little boy is one of my English students. So he was so excited to say a welcoming to everyone in English, um, and then he sang as well. Mm -hmm. so. yeah. 
Um, this, this is um, a remarkable young woman. Her name is Ravine. Um, she's one of the um, women who started the Hope Group. Um, she's amazing. She literally fled Iraq. She, um, she was injured in a bomb blast when she was seven years old. She still has the shrapnel in um, her body. Um, and she just finds joy and has an uplifting spirit and she um, is the lead mosaic maker um, in Madaba, which is, um, I don't know if you're familiar with what mosaics are. I wish I um, brought one. one? But yeah, the mosaics are the um, traditional tiles that are, um, they, they're, rep they're very famous in the Middle East and um, come from Madaba, this town. And she is an amazing mosaic maker. Um, but also, she's now taking guitar classes from the Olive Tree Center. Um, so, these are some um, refugees. So, that's Anam. Um, she actually is a volunteer English teacher. Um, her father was killed in front of her. Um, she's a single woman. Um, so, she has no hopes of emigrating to Australia or Canada. Um, and her father was killed because he was a priest um, and he was targeted as a Christian. Um, and she's been, she's been amazing, the fact that she's overcome that. She's supporting her mother who's very sick in Madaba, um, but also she's now an English teacher at the Olive Tree Center. And these, um, these vegetables, um, during COVID, I. I was so worried about how could we still support the refugees even with all these government restrictions. So as our goal is to empower them, um, I asked the community if anyone knew how to garden. And so the, you've seen the, the land outside the Olive Tree Center is not big. It's, um, so it really felt a, like a miracle. We started the garden in May and all throughout the summer and all through um, you know, up until now, it's, it's really been a miracle garden. It's providing cucumbers, lettuce, tomatoes, um, so many different produce. It's, it's been really special to have them involved in that project, creating it for each other. And you were saying that the men, when they, when they, when they fled, many of them have great jobs. Some of the men that we were able to go into their homes, they had significant places of employment in back in, in Iraq. And, uh, and now they're in Jordan. They, the, the government won't let them work because they're Christian and it's a Muslim country. So they have no employment. And, and the men are just chomping at the bit to do things. And so some are willing to do something. But if they get caught, then they can be arrested and thrown in jail if they're doing any kind of work whatsoever. But they're having to support their families. And so what you said, Helena, is that some of the men have been doing the gardening. And they've, right. now they're feeling like, wow, I, I'm actually able to do something. I'm able to help. help able to help somebody out with, with what we're being able to produce. And, and it's really lifted their spirits. It's given them a, a reason to get up in the morning and do something. And, and, uh, and it's, been, it's very difficult on these men. The ones that I met, very capable, extremely capable, very talented, uh, intellectual uh, uh, quality. Uh, what do you want to say? Uh, just extremely intelligent men. And they have no opportunity. And so um, th things like this really give not only their family hope, but the, but the men hope. And um, so. Uh, and these, um, these are just some of the, 
the children who, um, who receive support from the Olive Tree Center. Um, that, her name's Sarah um, and Jamila. And they, um, they, they study English, they do partake in the um, art classes, and they're just examples, again, of like what, how we can help um, improve their lives in a loving, compassionate way, because they were stuck at home um, without anything to do. Um, and then we, when we have um, donations from various embassies, we provide toys um, to some of the children and, and clothing distributions. Um, so I just wanted to show <laughs> some of the children. Um, this is an um, a piano class at the Olive Tree Center and then some of the support um, provided to the children. Um, and then, aside from the work that we do in Jordan, we also want to help create sustainable futures for them in Iraq, because it's not realistic that all of them will be able to emigrate to the U.S. or Canada, um, unfortunately. So our organization is also trying to help create a stable environment in Iraq for them, and we do that through a project called the Nineveh Seed Project, and that... Um, has helped create chicken farms, a bakery, to help the Iraqi Christians who are there, um, but unable to you know, access jobs or anything. So and you guys were a part of the chicken farm. Um, Mike Simpson came in May of, of 2019. Uh, he is the CEO of uh, the uh, UK uh, arm of, of uh, now it's Mosaic Middle East, but um, Mike Simpson came and uh, Christopher Seeger came and, and, and just spoke to you guys on a Sunday night. And uh, from your offering and some other churches in the middle Georgia area, there was enough raised to have three chicken farms. Uh, and each chicken farm is about $12,000 uh, to get up and running. And uh, from the what, what y'all were sharing uh, as a testimonial at the board meeting in Washington, D.C., uh, things are going great with the chicken farms and the, and the beekeepers and, and these, these uh, businesses that are being started uh, are sustaining that little community and it's providing an infrastructure for growth and for health, uh, for, for stability that they did not have before. And uh, the ones that were courageous enough to go back to Iraq, because most of them said, I don't want to go back there, there's nothing left. Our homes are destroyed or they've tunneled underneath our homes to other homes. ISIS has come in there and just devastated everything. Uh, there's nothing to go back to. And the sense of loss that they experienced was massive, but they knew that God was going to take care of them. And, uh, but the ones that were courageous enough to go back, we wanted to provide, or this organization said, let's help them sus be sustainable in their, in their return. And, uh, and it's been very exciting to see and good to hear. But you guys are a part of that. So when you see that chicken farm, know that, that Martha Bowman, uh, you guys have helped do that. And it has changed, totally changed. Uh, the lives of so many of your brothers and sisters that live uh, in that part of the world. So thank you. Yeah, thank you. It's really making a big difference. Yeah. I see any more pictures? Um, that might be it. I don't think so. All right. Well, uh, Helena, as we close, just share with us maybe one more story of a family that has really had an impact on you or one that you've seen that has just truly um, been a great light in the midst of darkness uh, testimony. Oh. <laughs> Well, um, there are so many, but I, I think 
ones that really stand out to me um, is this story of two sisters. They are 19 and um, 18, Fida and Carmine. And um, they are members of my English class. But what they experienced in Iraq um, was truly horrifying. They lost their father. Again, he was targeted as a Christian. Um, and they were in a bomb blast in um, 2009 wow. at their school. And they saw um, people um, killed in front of them as very, you know, as very young children. Um, they then made their way to um, Erbil, uh, to a camp. Actually, first they had to um, sleep in a cemetery um, because as ISIS invaded in 2014, the number of Christians overnight all of a sudden fled to Kurdistan. Um, and often they had to sleep in cemeteries or gardens for months um, outside of the church as well because the churches were overflowing. Um, and you know, the churches were helping and doing what they could, but no one was prepared for this influx of Christians needing support. Um, so they lived um, in a cemetery for three months before they were um, placed in an IDP camp. They then lived there with their mom and um, five other brothers and sisters. And they tried to find work as young girls to help support their family. Um, they were out of school all this time, so um, that was very hard. And they also experienced in the camp, it wasn't a safe environment for, for young women. So then as they made their way to Jordan, um, they made their way to Madaba, where you've been, um, and are active in the Olive Tree Center through English classes, receiving trauma therapy. But what has really been amazing to witness is their faith throughout this all. They've lost so much, and you know, they've, they've said to me sometimes, we, we haven't had a normal childhood. I mean, when I'm talking to the 19-year-old, I feel that she's 60, at least. I mean, she's gone through things that none of us will ever go through. Um, but she prays and, and remains faithful and, and has the church community in Madaba and um, now the Olive Tree Center um, to provide hope and healing. Um, but it's always, it's always difficult when, these, um, when I hear these stories because we, we want to continue to be able to provide help and healing for them. Um, but... It's difficult sometimes. Yeah. And they're blossoming. They're, 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 they are. They're yeah. blossoming. And they're taking guitar classes. So w it's very interesting to have this shift of hearing their stories, sharing with them, having emotional stories. But then at the Olive Tree Center to see that they can still have this joy, playing mm -hmm. the piano, playing the guitar, acting like normal young teenagers. Um, and that's been exciting to me. Amen. Amen. <laughs> 